this morning we're going to talk about talking about men talking about the benefits of a father in the home. It's Father's Day today, and uh, and and let me say how proud I am uh, of of this church of. Uh, respecting men and making men feel valued and appreciated i gotta tell you in most churches in america the big sunday is mother's day on mother's day women come to church on father's day most guys go camping or something like that and usually the attendance goes way up on mother's day and drops way down on father's day as you can see that did not happen this year around here the place is still packed out with men And guys stand up, half the church is men, and I love it. hoo Anyway. <laughs> Ephesians, the sixth chapter this morning. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. What does that mean? Another way of saying it is, guys, encourage your children. Fathers should be encourager. Last Sunday I spoke about what it means to be an encourager and, and how we should speak into our family's lives, our children's lives, so that they feel encouraged and not beat down by the uh, failures and disappointments of life. And I challenge all of us, man, don't let your failures define the rest of your life. Don't let your past dictate your future. And I found a great clip this week. It would have been perfect for last week's sermon. We'll squeeze it in this one because it kind of ties in a little bit. But check out this video clip about... Uh, not letting failure identify and define you. You're like Alfred Hitchcock there. Dismissed from drama school with a note that read, wasting her time, she's too shy to put her best foot forward. Turned down by the Decca recording company who said, we don't like their sound and guitar music is on the way out. A failed soldier, farmer, and real estate agent. At 38 years old, he went to work for his father as a handyman. Cut from the high school basketball team, he went home, locked himself in his room, and cried. A teacher told him he was too stupid to learn anything, and he should go into a field where he might succeed by virtue of his pleasant personality. Fired from a newspaper because he lacked imagination and had no original ideas. His fiance died, he failed in business twice, he had a nervous breakdown, and he was defeated in eight elections. If you've never failed, you've never lived. Life equals risk. Don't let your failures dictate your future. And fathers play a major role in that. But what a, wow, isn't that amazing when you see some of the failures? How'd you like to be the coach who cut Michael Jordan? <laughs> what a moron that guy is. Good Lord. Oh, my goodness. Uh, don't let other people define you. Somebody thinks you don't do things good enough. Anyway, fathers, be encouragers to your children. Now, this morning, I'm going to talk about the benefits of a father. And I went online and I, I, I looked at some university studies that they've done on the benefits of a man in the home. And now, um, one of the most negative attitudes that have poisoned the minds of so many in our nation since the feminist movement is this notion that men are just not needed. Men are optional. Men are like accessories. If you can find one, great, but you don't really need one it's like you know if you can drive a cadillac great but who you don't really need a cadillac that's the way they kind of view men today in fact i ran across some sites that actually said that a man in the home is actually creates more danger for the family if you can imagine that 
why do they think that way? Well, statistically, you know, it's if there's violence in the home, it's because a man's involved. Well, because of the actions of a couple of nitwits, then they actually say that men are a danger. In, and that's kind of the culture that we've lived in over the last 30 years. To where women really think that men aren't really all that important. Nice if you can find them, but don't really do. I want you to see what the studies have shown just in recent years about the presence of men in the home. And uh, now keep in mind, I'm talking about, I'm not, I'm not talking about violent, self-serving, abusing men, which are, is the minority of men. I'm talking about just regular guys. And, uh, you know, it's hard to preach about these things today because so many people have come from broken homes and the culture of divorce in America today and people feel bad because the dad isn't involved or he isn't allowed to be involved. And, and I understand all the crazinesses and stuff that is out there. But we cannot be so afraid of talking and teaching the truth out of fear of making some people feel badly. Uh, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep talking the truth and encouraging it. Uh, and I told you about the, the conference that Lathan and I were at where some of the largest churches in America today said they wouldn't dare talk about uh, the ideal of a father and a mother in a home as being the ideal because you'd make some single moms feel bad. Well, that's just crazy. That's insane. Some of the biggest churches in America today won't even talk about what stuff I'm going to talk to you about. Why? Out of make, fear of making people feel badly. And while we don't want anyone to feel badly, and we'll do everything we can to encourage, and part of the reason for the church being the church is to help make up for shortcomings in people's lives and be there to help and encourage and build up where there are weaknesses. In fact, the Bible says that if you've got real religion, you'll be a father to people who don't have fathers. And we need to step it up and be there. And as good as and important as that is, still, we're not going to be afraid of telling the truth. And the truth is, what's best for your children is a mother and a father in that home. So let's take a look at some of this. Now, here are the benefits that they've studied, these brilliant men and women have discovered. That fathers help children to know that they are loved. Fathers who love their children demonstrate their love by spending quality and quantity time together. Studies show that children who feel loved by their fathers are more likely to develop healthy self-esteem. No surprise there. And in fact, I've discovered as a pastor that uh, f- people who come from homes that where, where they have a good, strong father uh, displayed are the ones who most easily understand our Heavenly Father's love. A lot of people who struggle in understanding that God really loves them and cares about them, that will answer their prayer and will be there for them. People who struggle with that are typical people who come from homes where their father wasn't there. Or they didn't have a father who was a real father to them. And, and it, that's why it's so important, dads, that we be the kind of dads God wants us to be. Because in, in one area, in this area, we represent God to these children. And when they understand about a dad who really understands them, it'll be easier for them to understand that his, our Heavenly Father truly understands them. That's why uh, the role that we play is so vital. Uh, fathers provide greater financial resources. No shock there. Uh, families that have a, an active father involved are better off financially. And I tell you what, this is one area that I honestly don't understand in our country today. Uh, particularly with divorce being so rampant. Um, you know, the one, you think just financially alone people wouldn't go down this path. The one way that you can pretty much, from a statistical uh, perspective, unless you're divorcing Donald Trump or something, but one of the ways you can pretty much guarantee that you can remain, you, your children, and your grandchildren will live at or below the poverty level for their entire lives is just get a divorce. Just financially, you think, man, this isn't worth it. But people get so mad and so bitter and so angry that they don't care. 
And they push forward anyway, going down a very destructive path financially. And we're in political season now. We're going to hear all kinds of mud being swung around back and forth between the Republicans and the Democrats. And you're going to hear a lot of, you know, the typical class envy. The rich are getting richer. Poor again, poor. Rich are getting richer. And, you know, all the whining about that. But you know what they're showing more and more statistically in this country? The ones who are getting richer, if you will, typically are people who keep their families together. The ones who don't are the ones who've begun through this uh, culture of divorce. And these are the ones who keep falling into poverty. In in a few years, it's not going to take long before you can literally say it'll be the married and the unmarried. The married and the divorced. That's going to be the ones who will have money, the ones who build wealth, and the ones who can't. Because of this culture, because of the self-destructive nature that we've gotten caught up in this country with this tearing of resources and building a life after 20 years and ripping everything in half and trying to start over again. It's insane. That alone, you think, would get people to pause, but it doesn't. Studies have shown that fathers can provide their children with a positive male role model. What a shock. I mean, come on, ladies, that should be an easy call. A woman can no more display what it really means to be a man in the home any more than a guy can show their children what it really means to be a healthy woman. They need to see both. Fathers help provide children with emotional support. Active fathers listen and support their children when they experience joy, sadness, anger, fear, and frustration. Children become more balanced when they witness how the mom and dad respond differently. And we do respond differently. Fathers enhance their children's intellectual development. Studies show that children who are raised with actively involved fathers tend to score higher on measures of verbal and mathematical ability and demonstrate greater problem-solving and social skills. Fathers provide children with guidance and discipline. From infancy, children need proper guidance and discipline. Active fathers play an important role in teaching their children proper behavior by setting and enforcing healthy limits. I like this one. Fathers make ideal playmates. (laughs) A lot of women say, yeah, because he's a kid too. One of the primary ways that a father bonds with their children is through play. And according to uh, researchers, there are qualitative differences in the way fathers and mothers play with their children. Do you think? Go to the playground. Watch moms pushing their children on the swings. Watch the dads. And you can pretty much watch mom right next to him going, Stop that! a book recently and I'm I'm starting to look at it it's entitled A Nation of Wimps and how overprotective parenting is is destroying our culture and destroying our children and it's not written by Christians you know but I think I'm going to develop a whole sermon series on it and preach it down the road here but goodness gracious just constantly being afraid of challenging your children is it's getting to the point the book talks about it's getting to the point that people can't even go to job our children, the, the younger generation, can't even do a job interview today. A lot of them are bringing their parents with them. 
around the country. They're bringing their people who are looking for their parents are showing up with them. So mom can sit there and defend them against that evil interviewer. We have lost our minds in this country. Fathers give their children someone to talk to when they have questions. And not just hearing everything from a female perspective. Fathers increase their children's chances for academic success. Fathers provide their children with an alternative perspective on life. You know, and a lot of times, sad, a lot of times, a lot of women, moms and dads, they fight over their different responses. You know, the father responds this way, the mother responds this way. It's good for the kid to see both of these. Not good at you yelling at each other over, don't be that way. You're too strict, you're too loose. And it's not just always the dads. I mean, some moms are the butt kickers. And it's the dads who let the kids get away with murder. And, you know, and believe it or not, it's good for the kids to see both views. Not good to hear you screaming at each other, but good to see both. Don't be yelling at each other because you're not like me. Why can't you be more like me? Because he's not you. What a shock. (laughs) It's the most marriage arguments. Why can't you be more like me? I'm great. You're sick. (laughs) (laughs) The presence of a father in the home lowers your child's chances of becoming sexually active too early. An active father lowers your child's chances for school failure. An active father lowers your child's chances for suicide. An active father lowers your child's chances for juvenile delinquency. Children with active fathers are less likely to commit crimes. The chances that a child will commit crimes as an adult also diminishes when he grows up if he had an actively involved father. You know, the Bible tells us that we, one of the things we're supposed to do is visit those who are in prison and Boy, hardly anybody ever does that. We should. But man, you want an education on this stuff? Join up with the prison ministry one time. Go visit these guys in prison. Ask them how many of them had a dad in the house. You will be shocked. Virtually all of them had no father. I think some of our guys, when they, they asked the group of guys, how many of you guys had fathers? One hand went up in the whole place. One hand. Angry men because no father was there. Our prisons are filled with the results of don't need fathers, don't need the fathers in the house. A father provides your child with a sense of physical and emotional security. By the way, speaking of this prison thing, um, the uh, warden, she's a woman, a warden of all the, of, of the 13 minimum security prisons in Wisconsin. Went to one of my Laugh Your Way to a Better seminars in, in Madison and, uh, and really liked the way that I talked and, and communicate with people. Anyway, she found out that uh, we are putting up this satellite uplink at uh, Celebration Church here so that we can beam the service down to the campuses as we start branching out uh, the church to other uh, you know, locations and stuff. And uh, she was very excited about it. She met with us this last week and what she wants to do is put in satellite receivers in these 13 prisons around Wisconsin so that they can join Celebration Church. That's pretty cool. So, so the good news is our congregation is going to jo- grow at about 1,600. 
bad news is you'll never see them, but <laughs> until they get out. Pretty wild, huh? And at the same time that we're hearing this meeting of someone who loves the way that we approach Christianity and the way that we're practical and down to earth and the way that men can relate to, I get my butt chewed up from some guys who just think that they just they don't appreciate the way I pastor the church. Too irreverent. You're not reverend enough. Reverend. <laughs> Stuff like that. They don't like that. When I go reverend. <laughs> Say irreverent. We're not irreverent. We show great reverence to God. What we're not is overly religious. And honestly, if this offends you that much, man, I can give you a list of places you can go. I'm not being mean. I mean, they're really, they're just, they're not irreverent like we are. This is a little irreverent. Our manly man poster. Some people don't think that's proper in a church. We do. (laughs) We just don't agree. Okay? And trust me, God is not offended by this. Even in the Bible. You know, you don't really see the Bible the way it's really written. We've translated in such a way that it's so more reverend. Even in the Bible. You know, the, 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 you read the book of, uh, what is it? Not Kings, but Chronicles. First and Second Chronicles. You know, every time it says men in First and Second Chronicles, it doesn't use the word man. It literally says they who pee against a wall. If you doubt me, get a King James Bible and look at it. And that's what, that's what it'll say. It does. Of course, we translate that because that's too irreverent. We can't say that. We have to put men. Oh, they pee against the wall. Wow, what is that? We can't. Oh, we'll just put men. So there's 10,000 men. Okay, I get it. Literally, it said 10,000 guys who pee against the wall. <laughs> what a nasty wall, man. I'm telling you, but... <laughs> That's the Bible. Good grief. (laughs) You know, the sign says celebration. That's what we do here. We celebrate life. We celebrate God. We're real. We're down to earth. We laugh. We goof around. We smile. God forbid. We don't look like we've been baptized in prune juice. Well, I don't appreciate that. Well, I don't care. What was I talking about? Fathers help their children learn important life skills. Fathers finally help to facilitate their child's spiritual and moral development. Fathers help children to develop a sense of what's right and wrong and serves as a foundation for establishing moral character. And I've told you about the studies. When it comes to the spiritual influence on children, the studies are mind-blowing. 
the greatest single influence, potential influencer on the spiritual values of a child is their father. I told you about the Catholic study. Actually, I think it was done in this uh, in northeastern Wisconsin, in this area. But they did a study. If a woman faithfully brings her children to church her entire life by herself, there's a 2% chance that child will become a lifelong Christian. If a man does it by himself, it jumps to almost 40%. What's the difference? The Baptists did a similar survey. If a, if a woman is the first one to come to faith in the home and she does a spiritual leader in the home and tries to affect her family, 17% chance the entire family will become Christians. If a man does it, it jumps to 93%. So I'm not trying to slam women. God bless you for what you do and for all the moms and the single moms. God bless you and you're in a horrible situation. The church needs to help you as much as we possibly can. But this thinking in our culture today that men really are not all that important to the life of a child is ludicrous. Now on Mother's Day, I had all the boys and the men stand up as I admonished them to treat women the proper way. Women that day said they weren't looking forward to Father's Day. <laughs> A lot of men told me, you're going to make them stand, right? You're gonna make... No, I'm not, okay? So I'm not going to make you stand. All the ladies cheer. The guys are bummed. Get over it. Be a man. It's not fair. Be a man. I will, however, admonish you ladies all the same. And let me say it. All the guys cheering. Yeah. Let me say, but just looking at the evidence, I mean, it is overwhelming. Now, these are all university studies, and we don't need a university to tell us this. I mean, come on. The evidence is so strong, and the scriptures are so strong, it leads me to make the following statement. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings or make you feel bad. But the reality is this. If a woman truly loves her children, she will love their father. To think that you can truly love your children and hate and despise their father, you are deceiving yourself. You are kidding yourself. You are fooling yourself. Even if you divorced the guy, don't be running down their father to your children talking about how evil he is and what a jerk he is and he never does it you need to hush you need to treat that man with respect for no other reason than how it affects your children this idea that you can love your children and every woman would say they passionately love their children but at the same time then they hate and divorce and get rid of their fathers 80% of all divorces in America are filed by women today who've had it with the men I get it I get it I get it God only knows I spent a big punch part of my life trying to help these couples get it right but to take the position that you can love your children and despise and get rid of the father is ludicrous and absurd and it is part of the tendency of a lot of women God bless you but just to deceive yourselves because you listen to your emotions more than you listen to God let me give you an analogy that you'll understand Sinful men. Women understand sinful men. Yeah, beat up on a man. But you can always tell a guy who's truly surrendered his life to Christ. I mean, truly, really got this and takes this seriously. He does two things. He surrenders sex and money to God. 
You get a guy who quits committing adultery, quits lusting after women, quits looking at porn and stuff. This is a man who truly is surrendering his life to Jesus Christ. And secondly, it's easy for him to give money. To a man who keeps looking at porn and keeps cheating on his wife and doing all these things, Christians, and every time the offering goes by, it's like they're giving birth. These are not men who've truly surrendered to Christ. Not saying you're not saved, not saying that God doesn't love you and God's dealing with you and grow, but I'm telling you, you can always tell a guy who really gets this. Sex and money belongs to God. I'm going to do it right. But you can overwhelmingly tell a woman who's truly surrendered to Jesus because it's a woman who surrenders her emotions to Jesus. Who despite what her emotions say, she's going to do the right thing. There is a tendency, started with Eve back in the garden, who believed the serpent, who acted on her emotions, allowed herself to be deceived or deceived herself. This tendency of, I know what the truth is, I know, I know, but, 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 I feel this. I know what this is, but, I know, but, 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 I feel this, I need this. You need to surrender this to God. Quit living by your emotions. You need to do the right thing. Let us, both men and women, truly live as surrendered servants to Christ and honor God and do the right thing. You say, well, pastor, it hurts sometimes. It's hard to do the right thing. Tell me about it. It's not always easy. It's not always easy for me. I got to tell you, and I told the, the first service this. I, this morning, I don't know, I guess it was because of some of the crap I've been getting over the last few days and stuff. Every once in a while, stuff gets to me. It just does. 99.9% of the time, it doesn't get me, but every once in a while, it's. And this morning, I woke up about as depressed as I think I've ever been in my life. And a whole horrible feeling. And I know some of you guys actually, there's people who actually suffer with depression all the time. And what a horrible place. You know, you, just, you feel like crying for no other reason. You can hardly breathe. You don't want to get out of bed. And man, I feel for you. And I thank God I hardly ever feel that. But this morning, boy, I got up and I just felt awful. Letting some of this stuff get to me. And I almost went to Pastor Lathan and said, you know, you preach, man. I just can't do it today. But you know what? I said, no, I'm not going to let my feelings dictate my actions. And I'm going to do the right thing. And I'm going to get up and preach anyway. And I know a lot of people came up to me after first service and said, Pastor, don't let these guys get to you. <laughs> and, you know, I typically don't. I really don't. It's not that I hate anybody or despise anybody. But honestly, if you don't like this, do you think this is going to change if you whine about it? Do you really think? I'm too old to change. If you hate this, let me pray with you about where else you can go. Okay, this is who we are. The good news is look around you. This is touching people's lives. People's hearts are being encouraged. We're not the smartest people in the world. We're not even the best looking people in the world. I know you think that looking at me, but we're not. But you know what we are? We're just going to be real. We're not going to play games. We're not going to play this nonsense. We're going to be as real as we possibly. We're going to love God as intensely and as passionately as we can but we're not going to play religious games. We're not going to be things that we're not. And ultimately, we're going to do what God's called us to do. 
I don't care what we feel like, what we look like. I don't care what the weather is. I don't care what the political atmosphere is. I don't care if it's popular or people hate us. We're going to do the right thing. And we're going to serve God. I feel better now. <laughs> I'm going to ask our ushers to come and our musicians to come as we close our service by celebrating our communion time together. The love of a father. It's powerful stuff. Guys, man, stay involved in your children's lives. And even if you're in a situation where you're a result of a divorce or whatever, stay involved in those kids' lives. And moms, if you're in a situation like that, don't fight so hard to keep the father away. They need the guy. And those of you who are married and miserable, tie a knot, hang on. It'll change. I know it feels like it'll never change, but it'll change. Don't buy into this lie that divorce will make you happy. Talk about a survey, survey done by the University of Wisconsin a few years ago, not uh, University of Chicago. They went and interviewed couples who were absolutely miserable. Miserable. And then they came back five years later and interviewed them again. The ones who got divorced still reported being miserable. The ones who stuck it out reported five years later actually being happy. Truth of the matter, some of the most happily married people in this room were at one time incredibly miserable. It just is. Why? I don't know. Be great if everybody just always agreed about everything all the time. Life is hard. What a shocker. But this quick just breaking up of families is not an answer. Let's do the right thing. We'll be there for you. We'll pray for you. If you like crying, call. We'll all cry together. It's tough. But that mom in that home is vital. And that father in that home is vital. Let your dads know today how much you appreciate them. And ladies, when was the last time you told that man in your life that you love him, that you appreciate him? Thank you for what you do. I know he drives you nuts sometimes, but just let him know you appreciate what he does. Let's encourage each other to be the kind of men God wants us to be. I'm telling you guys, the difference that we will make if we will stay healthy men in this church and in our families, it will change this world. It'll change this world. In a world where they're saying men are not that important, I say let's show them they're wrong. Let's show them what a difference it can be. The love of a father can change everything. And we celebrate that now when we take communion. You talk about the love of a father changing everything. Here's a God who knows you at your worst. Seen you at your most awful. Knows how self-centered and selfish and some of the terrible things that you've done. In the midst of all of that as human beings. This is a father who looks at us and loves us so passionately. He goes out of his way to make a way that we can be forgiven and made right. He sends Jesus to die on the cross for us. His body broken, his blood shed so we could have forgiveness of sins. All because of the incredible, unfailing, insistent love of a father. That's what we celebrate right now. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. If you're here this morning and you've never really experienced that love, 
that love of your heavenly Father. We're going to pray a prayer together. And if you're willing to turn away from what you know is wrong in your life and begin to do what's right, put your faith in Christ, you can experience real forgiveness this morning and you can experience the love of your heavenly Father. I'm going to invite you to join this prayer with us. I'm going to invite everybody to pray this. And we'll pray this all together. If you'll really mean this, you can begin your life of faith this morning. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you loved me so much, you went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I now surrender my life to you. Amen.